ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Just on the outskirts of Newcastle, there's a tranquil swamp that not many Novocastrians come down and see. Uh, no, I think a lot of locals don't know this exists. Lots of bird watchers know it exists and they come down here. It's peaceful today, but historically it was a place that people were afraid to visit. Today on Newcastle Cast, we're heading into the Hexham Swamp to solve a local mystery about the existence of the endangered Hexham bunyip. I think it was called the Yahoo, just around the Hunter River. And then um, sort of a bit more further out, it was called the Wowie Wowie, and it was a frightening creature. They heard the roar and then they saw the golden orbs, okay? And then that's it, they just went home. Bunyips have long been a part of the mythology of Australia. Monsters said to inhabit reedy swamps and billabongs. You probably have heard of a bunyip before, but I had never heard of the idea that a bunyip would be right around the corner, in Hexham, of all places, until I came across the research of Johnny DeGravio. It's this funny sort of Australian myth that sort of crosses both the Aboriginal worlds and European worlds. Johnny is an archivist at the University of Newcastle and the chair of the Hunter Living Histories. Through the historical records he deals with, he's found there's a bit of a legend about a bunyip out in Hexham. Well, if you do a search on Trove, you'll find the earliest mention of the bunyip is 1845. In the locality, it is called Yahoo and is described as having much resemblance in the form of a human figure, but with frightful features. The feet like those of a man, but reversed or turned backwards. There was a missionary that was stationed in Newcastle in the 1820s, also recorded folklore about Aboriginal monsters. And, and he refers to one on the Sugarloaf Mountain called Putikan that had a similar description, a hairy man whose feet were backwards, so they didn't leave any tracks. Yahoos or a Wowie Wowie or even Putikan, all of these are in the realm of the spiritual. Or, if you're a bit sceptical, the made-up. But according to the records, there was a pretty notorious close encounter for some men back in the 1800s. Picture this. It's a full moon and three miners are down by the water. They're on a day off, probably having a few drinks, and they're out in the swamp to go duck hunting. These guys basically went down to um, the Hexham swamps to try and catch some ducks. And um, that's where he said these guys you know, were camped out for most of the night and uh, they hadn't seen any ducks. And then at a particular time of the night, just before they were planning to return, they heard this gigantic frightening roar of a lion in the middle of the, of the swamp. They didn't say a word. They just basically got up and walked back to the to the hotel and didn't even say goodbye to one another. One of the men would tell the papers that they had heard a, a tremendous, tremendous roar, like, like that, that of a lion, but very much more powerful. And they saw eyes like, like two golden orbs about, about the size, size of soup plates. The myth of the Hexham Bunyip took root in the community. 
beginning almost the next day. The funny thing is when they went back to the pub and told, you know, the rest of their mates about it, it was like, <laughs> they said everyone got so excited about that they were going to have the, you know, this big puffy, you know, it was going to go and hunt this thing and make sure that they'll show it who's boss. And um, he said they were all talk uh, by 11 o'clock that night. They were going to, you know, lay siege to Delhi. And then the next morning, only two of them showed up. <laughs> they actually, you know, local people sent, you know, seven or eight men with guns and dogs out into Hexham Swamp in the 1870s, I think, just to try and try and find the bunyip. And I think they ended up shooting a pelican. Jen Lewis is a project officer at Hunter Local Land Services. She knows the wetlands better than most people do, definitely better than those men did. So was there proof that there actually was a bunyip out here in Hexham? For years and years, that was the thinking. But it turns out the creature behind that noise was a little bit different. This horrible monster known as the bunyip that was scaring all these miners who the news reports described as big sort of men, you know, that couldn't be scared by anything, you know, <laughs> was a bird. It was a bird. You know, it was a bird. <laughs> it is a creepy sort of environment to be in anyway. Um, and for something like that to occur, I can understand why they reacted the way they did, you know. Um, and I can understand also the, the folklore that surrounds these sorts of things. You know, people are fearful of something, they start making up stories mm-hmm. about it or they might be frightened by things. It's like hysteria. So, okay, let's explain. What people locally were calling the bunyip, the creature behind that huge roar, was actually a bird, an Australasian bittern, a bird that might be as hard to find as a bunyip is. Excuse the mess, it's not... This is our work. (laughs) I'm heading out to Hexham Swamp with Jen to see the site for myself. As we go off-road, we come across a farmer, Mick. He owns some of the land near the wetlands. We're doing a story on the bittern. The the bit? Yeah. Yeah. The elusive bittern. The elusive bittern. Mick's seen it, actually. Oh, he's seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wonder what it was. It was real weird. Yeah. They're a funny bird. Yeah. (laughs) Mick might not realise it, but he's actually lived Jen's dream of spotting a bittern in the wild. So we're here in Hexham Swamp. And I've actually brought us down here because this is where I heard my first bittern out there in the swamp. Jen has never seen a bittern bird in the Hexham Swamp, despite the fact she has been out here looking countless times. Bitterns are so rare that it took her two years to even hear one. To be fair, I'd spent about two years looking for them already here. <laughs> so, so I was out in the swamp. I had my song meter. I had my wildlife camera. Um, It's really hard going, walking through, it's not really walking through here, bashing your way through here. And I was walking through and you know when you hear a sound and you're like, hang on a sec, was that, was it? And then I stood there for about five minutes and I heard it again and I was so excited, I texted everyone I knew. (laughs) The miners who were out here duck hunting were terrified when they heard the bittern's call. But Jen was very clearly delighted. So what does a bittern actually sound like if it can inspire that range of emotions? It's, oh my goodness, it's a really, really deep call. I can try and give a, it sort of sounds like, a little bit like that. I don't know if that'll pick up. (laughs) 
I guess if you're out in the swamp alone and you hear that really deep sound, it does, it's very loud, it sounds really frightening and you can't really tell where it's coming from. When I've heard them, I've thought, oh, that's really close. And then I've walked another 400 metres and it still sounds close. That's really deep warbling sound. That's the reason the Australasian bittern is called a bunyip bird. A bittern isn't a terrifying creature with frightful features. It's more of a short, boxy bird that hides well. It's a type of heron, but it doesn't look like the types of herons that people might be familiar with. I guess if you crossed a heron with the colouring of a quail and made it a bit bigger. <laughs> so so that, that's kind of what we're looking at. It really is a unique bird. You can find bitterns all across Australia in wetlands like this, making that same deep booming call. So the bittern, um, it hunts its prey by sort of really quietly stalking. It's, it's making its living out of being quiet and cryptic and hard to see. It's predator response, so the way it responds to danger is it'll stick its neck up in the air, and you'll see photos of them doing this, stick its neck up in the air and stand perfectly still and pretend it's a reed, which is a little hilarious when it does it not in reeds because it's, it's, a, really it big, it's a really big bird <laughs> and it stands out. So yeah, and they live, look, you know, it's, it's, I can't express to you how hard it is to get through this stuff. They live out here in this really dense vegetation um, and, you know, no one's going out there looking for them. Across Australia, there are meant to be only around 1,300 of them left. The trouble is, it's hard to know if that number is accurate because the bittern is that good at staying hidden and camouflaging itself. To be honest with the bittern, it's really difficult because normally what you'd do is you'd say, OK, we have, you know, 200 of this bird now. Let's, let's put in place some measures we think will help. And then in five years time, oh look, we've got 300, great, it's working. So yeah. with the bittern, it is much more challenging because uh, honestly, we still don't have a good idea about the population numbers in Hexham Swamp. Uh, in Australia, in some areas, it's lost over 90% of its habitat. So I guess what we're looking at, when we're looking at the Australasian bittern, it's a little bit of an indicator of, hey, we need to pay attention to our wetlands and, and, and look after them a bit better than we have been. Uh, so so that, that to me, it's a little bit of an iconic wetland species. It's really reliant on freshwater wetlands. It can't live anywhere else. So if, if this bird's looking like it's in trouble, uh, then wetlands are looking like they're in trouble. Jen's part of a whole team of people who are working together to conserve the hunter wetlands and to help preserve the bittern's presence here. It's everyone from national parks to the Awabakal Local Aboriginal Land Council and traditional owners to birdwatchers trying to spot the elusive bittern. And they're using technology to get around the bittern's tricky camouflage. We've had, um, I think, about eight people now trained up with Hunter Bird Observers Club, and they have two drones. So they've been coming out here, um, flying the drone over the swamp and looking for bitterns. And so they have actually found one in this area. And they've been using a special drone that has a thermal camera on it, because you can imagine it's pretty hard to see anything out here. But the th what the thermal camera does is it picks up on the heat signature of the bird. And because the bittern's a pretty distinctive shape, when you fly over it, you're like, oh, hang on, that looks like a bittern shape. I'm making it sound much easier. They're very good at what they do. <laughs> but, uh... yeah. 
We have the technology now to see through the reeds and identify what's making all that noise. People don't fear the bittern, they celebrate it. There are even school competitions to write poems about the bird. Here's one. The bittern will sleep through the day. His wings and legs confuse prey. They stand and they sway until you go away so they can get back to their day. <laughs> True. <laughs> the myth of the Hexham bunyip seems to be long past, a relic of another time. But speaking to Johnny about the history of this story, he said something about the importance of a mysterious world that I've been thinking about. It's, it's difficult because with, with this one, you've got a strange sound that's been connected to a bunyip. So a bunyip basically represents any scary thing. Almost like sometimes you don't want them to solve the mystery. It's like, oh, please. <laughs> I love the idea that there was some sort of strange creature in the Hexham Swamp, you know? Yeah, the we legend in, continues. I love that. The mysterious world and, you know, <laughs> people always like to think that they've got everything nice and sewn up in their own era, but always mm. something comes in to, to, you know, send you thinking and wondering again. It may not be the strange creature that people feared down at the Hexham Swamp, but there is still something quite mystical about being here so close to the city, but in this unique natural world. Listening here, you wouldn't know how much traffic the Hexham Interchange gets. You'd be transported back listening to find a bittern that might be hiding in plain sight. So in lots of Aboriginal countries, uh, there's the legend of the bunyip, which is a scary creature associated with the call. But in some places, it's known as the messenger bird. So if you hear a bittern, or if you see one, uh, then you need to stand still and listen really carefully because someone has a message for you, which I think is really lovely. Jen will often come out here with other volunteers and stand amongst the reeds listening for the bittern's call. And that's been really valuable. So that's where we've also picked up them calling here and further, further and across. And they've, they've heard and, yeah. and... Wow. Yep, they've heard bitterns here. So it's really exciting. The best nights to come out and potentially hear the bunyip bird are when the moon is full. It's a little bit of a sanctuary here. That's what I, I always feel, a bit calmer and, and more at peace whenever I'm out here. Mm. And it is pretty magical because bitterns are more likely to call when it's a full moon, when uh, it's really still, when it's a really lovely evening. So standing out here with the full moon and beautiful, calm, quiet evening. It's actually, it's actually a really lovely thing to do, to just stand in the quiet and have a listen. Newcastle Cast is produced on a Wobbicool Country by Toby Hemmings and me, Larice Dixon. Our executive producers are Blythe Moore and Lucia Hill. Leave us a review on your podcast player. It helps us reach a bigger audience. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Catch you then. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.